I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And there he goes. Coast to coast. Can he make it? Yes, he can. Welcome into Green Dot Daily. We are Action Network's daily sports betting show. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen. Join us every weekday, except tomorrow. We're off tomorrow, back Friday. But we're here at noon Eastern every weekday, usually. Um, Of course, streaming in the Action Network app, also live on Action Network HQ, Twitter, and YouTube. Green Dot Daily is presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get a risk-free bet. Up to $1,000. Terms and conditions apply. Before we welcome in our guests and get to what we have coming up on the show, I want to shout out the state of Maryland. Welcome to the sports betting world. Maryland is now live in the sports betting space. So welcome, Maryland. And uh, we look forward to having you with us the rest of the way. And please tune into Green Dot Daily. We encourage it. So welcome, Maryland. Here is what we have on tap for today. Brandon Anderson is going to join us momentarily to react to the Zach Wilson news. He has been benched. It is Mike White season in New York and in the Meadowlands. We'll have reaction, also some picks for this coming week. Matt Moore will join us and break down some picks he likes in the NBA. Moore also explores some trends happening in the association. Brett McMurphy and Colin Wilson, they react to the latest college football playoff rankings and what we should expect for this upcoming rivalry weekend. But first, we start in the World Cup. I mentioned yesterday, happy Thanksgiving. We might not hear from this crew again, but here they are. We've got Anthony DeBundo and BJ Cunningham joining us. Notice Michael Leboff is not here. And fellas, before I get your uh, feeling on what's going to happen today in the World Cup and maybe later in the week, here's how we fared yesterday. Hopefully we can uh, recreate the 5 a.m. magic that BJ had with Saudi Arabia. I'm going to go with Morocco plus a half at minus 120 against Croatia. I'm going with Japan. Uh, I'm with Anthony, too. I, I like uh, Morocco uh, in the morning, and I know he is a fan of Japan, so we're aligned here, which could only mean one thing. Excellent. What, well, what, what, what is the one thing? Pain. So I guess not really yesterday, that's today, but the picks were given out yesterday. And look, pain-free, pain-free Wednesday morning, Leboff just does not think highly enough of himself, but I guess he does put himself in a situation to not feel terrible about his picks and maybe his life heading into this giving time of year. So DeBundo and Cunningham, they have to work. Leboff with the plus 600 play on Japan. He does not have to join us today on Green Dot Daily. So gents, DeBundo, nice work. You can start us off, DeBundo. What do you like for, uh, for Belgium and Canada today? Yes, in the name of the wonder goal spirit, we're calling this Wonder Dog Wednesday. We had Morocco plus a half, Japan catching as an underdog. uh, And later today, 2 p.m., Belgium, Canada. Oh, Canada, I've got my maple syrup ready. I'm ready to go. Canada plus one against Belgium. We've talked about this on our podcast. We've talked about this repeatedly now. Belgium comes into this tournament as one of the most inflated teams in the market. And the betting market is starting to catch on, but I don't think it's gotten quite far enough, low enough yet 
in this matchup. No Romelu Lukaku for Belgium. Belgium is an excellent possession side, but the attack primarily comes from two players. Kevin De Bruyne, who's one of the best midfielders in the world. Romelu Lukaku. Lukaku being out kind of blunts their attack, and Canada is a very capable defend in a low block and counterattacking side. That's how they got through qualifying. They actually won CONCACAF qualifying. The underlying numbers were comparable with the United States and Mexico. And when they played those two teams, they sat a little bit deeper and countered into space. And the reason that works, they have two of the best counterattacking and pacey threats in Jonathan David of Lille and Alfonso Davies from Bayern Munich. Davies was a question mark. It looks like he's going to start for this match. He is a one-man ball progression machine, moves the ball into the penalty area, gets the to David. This is a very dangerous team going up against Belgium squad that is well past their prime. I like Canada plus one. I think this is a very even game. You don't need to eat all of that syrup, by the way. Like, tread lightly with with the syrup. But it's good that you have plenty of it during this uh, giving time of year. So give some to your family maybe later in the week. Yeah, I'm saving it. If if Spain scores again, I might get carried away. Okay, so DeBundo might drown himself in syrup if Canada does indeed get there on plus one. BJ Cunningham, what say you about Canada and Belgium? I'm going to join Anthony. I like Canada plus one as well. Oh, perfect. And share you, some syrup. There we yeah, go. share some syrup. Hopefully he doesn't eat it all. Um, but yeah, Anthony hit the nail on the head. Without Romelu Lukaku, this Belgian attack is just pretty much reliant on Kevin De Bruyne, who, yes, is one of the best midfielders in the entire world, but he doesn't have the plethora of talent that he has at Manchester City. They're going to be reliant on Eden Hazard, who hasn't been effective for two years for Real Madrid. Yuri Tillemans is a great ball progressor, but he doesn't do much defensive work. And for Canada, who's going to set up very, very direct and be able to counter Belgium, again, Tielemans doesn't do much defensive work. Hazard doesn't do much defensive work. De Bruyne also doesn't do much defensive work. So they're going to be reliant on a 33-year-old Axel Wietzel to be their main defender in transition in the midfield, which is not, not good. And the Belgians are probably going to play a back three. Uh, they might go with experience. They might go Jan Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld, who are over the age of 35 now. They might go for a little bit of youth who haven't they don't have much experience on the world stage. And like Anthony mentioned, I mean, Canada has so, so much pace going forward. And Jonathan David is absolutely in the form of his life right now. He's got 10 expected goals for Lille. That's third best in Europe's top five leagues. So Canada absolutely can punish Belgium down the wings because Belgium's wingbacks are not very good in defending. Castane and Carrasco, not the best in terms of defending. So I love Canada here, plus one. They're very, very good at defending in that low block. So very, very live. And the Belgian gen- golden generation is over. And it's time to start selling it, selling Belgium. Canada and Belgium on the pitch at 2 Eastern this afternoon. We look now to later in the week when Team USA hits the field again in Qatar. That is on Friday. They take on England. We should note Harry Kane uh, of the England squad underwent ankle an ankle scan on Wednesday. Seems like he's doing all right, but that certainly does factor in. The Americans, of course, coming off a draw uh, with Wales, 1-1 the other day. We'll start with BJ here. What's your, with with the Kane news and how the U.S. fared the other day, what's your angle on this matchup? Yeah, I I am passing on this because I am American and I don't want to bet against my country. Um, but I do think there is a little bit of value on England. Kane did take part in training today, so I'm assuming he's probably going to play. Marcus Rashford is a perfectly fine replacement for him. Okay. But there are just so many concerning things that happened with the United States in the second half. They had an outstanding first half against Wales. They pressed them high well. They progressed the ball well up the wings. They really, really tried to get the ball into the middle of the pitch. That's how we got the first goal. And then the second half, we just didn't take any shots. 
we allowed Wales to press us high and eventually the, the penalty happened, which was kind of a culmination of how Wales was threatening our penalty area. Now you have to go place an England team that is going to control most of the possession. The United States is going to have to sit in a low block for majority of the match and counter. That's not something they did during CONCACAF qualifying. Like they were very, very possession dominant. They haven't had to face an elite, elite attacking side like England and England the addition of Jude Bellingham in the midfield has really just unlocked this team. His ability to make line breaking passes, making runs into the box. He scored the first goal against Iran. It really opens up the pitch for all the other England attackers to find that type of half space between the lines, make those intelligent runs into the box. So there are a lot of, a lot of concerning things for the United States with, with the center back pairing of Walker Zimmerman and Tim Ream trying to defend all of the talent that England has. Like I don't think the United States is going to fare very well in this type of match. Um, but again, I love my country. I love the United States. I'm not going to bet against them. But if you're a neutral, there is some value in England. You're, you're just an honest man. And we can agree that. He you loves know, England. He loves England. Happen, upsets do happen. It happened in 1776, and it can happen on Friday. Well, let's see Saudi Arabia, right? I mean, anything yeah. can happen in this tournament. So, Debundo. Goal total set at two and a half. One of the big concerns about this USA team, never mind being young, but can they score? And I asked that question, and it kind of leads to your pick for this matchup. I do think they can score. And in fact, I bet both teams to do that uh, at minus 100, like it up to minus 110. I think this is a stylistic matchup that actually will be an interesting test for the United States, but one that I think that they could be more built to handle. Uh, Wales did a very good job being compact, taking away the middle, Forcing the US, or letting the U.S. have the ball, possession in non-dangerous areas, daring them to beat them with crosses, daring them to beat them without a, a true striker. And it, it kind of worked. You know, the U.S. did get a couple good chances. But I think it's a very different tactical situation on Friday when England is the more ball-dominant team because the U.S. gets to run into space more, gets to dribble the, pitch, ball, the ball up the pitch more. There's more space. And I think the U.S. is actually pretty well-equipped to match up there. Our best players, when you think of guys like Christian Pulisic, Tim Weah, uh, Giovanni Reina, if he plays, and Eunice Musa, they're very good ball carriers, very good dribblers at running at defenders with space and running into space. And I think that's the key here. If England is going to have more of the ball when they lose it, I think the United States will be dangerous. And I think they will get a goal on the counter. England also did show some defensive cracks against Iran. I know they were up multiple, multiple goals at that point, but did concede over one non-penalty expected goal. And once Asmoon came on, uh, Iran had some real threat in, in transition. So I think that there's a, a chance here for, for England to get exposed a bit. And without Kyle Walker, likely again, Kieran Trippier, excellent going forward. There are some defensive question marks about him as a right back. I think that's one area where the U.S. Uh, may be able to get at England here. So I like both teams to score. Yes, I do agree with BJ that England is likely to win this. And I think the line's about right. Uh, but yeah, BJ is higher on England than I am. So that's why he has a little bit of value on them. Anthony DeBundo, BJ Cunningham, both of the Wonder Goal podcast, Action Network soccer betting podcast. When can we hear from the pod again? When can we, when can we listen to you guys later this week? We'll be live on Friday, uh, right after the USA-England game, previewing matches through Sunday, I believe Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Okay. And you can find the rest of our previews for Thursday and Friday. If you go back and look now, we recorded that last night. Excellent. Perfect. You guys answered that question beautifully because that saves me from having to uh, figure that out for my own. So thank you very much. You both have a great Thanksgiving and Wonder Goal is trending in the right direction after a little rocky start. A couple of good picks. Leboff is also part of this crew. Gents, thanks so much. Thanks, Brennan. Thank you.
All right. Wonder goals rolling. We've got Thanksgiving football, of course, to look forward to. Three games. Here's what we got going on. The Bills laying more than a touchdown. The Cowboys laying more than a touchdown. And look at look at this. The Vikings now inside that key number of three at minus two and a half against the Patriots. Money coming in on the Bills, the Giants, and the Patriots. Welcome in now, Brandon Anderson, who contributes to Action Network in the NFL space. Find Brandon over in the Action app. Does a phenomenal job joining us, and we've got him on a on a Wednesday here. We're doing you know shuffling the chairs a bit with the holidays coming. So, Brandon, you've got to play, and this goes back. I wasn't with you on Sunday. That bums me out. I feel like I'm so behind not being on the Action Network podcast for that recap show. But you're actually going to a pick that you gave out uh, on a look ahead spot, and that will be the night game Thursday. Yeah, unlike BJ, I am willing to bet against my own country here. I'm Team <laughs> USA all the way, but on Thursday night, I got to bet against my Vikings putting some points up because, man, would that have been a nice bet to make on Sunday? The Vikings scored three, and now they're playing the Patriots, who also scored three points until the wild punt return at the end of the game. Mm. The key for me here is some of the injuries that we picked up, and it's this short week Thursday thing. Christian Derrissaw, Minnesota's left tackle, best pass blocker. He's already out for this game. And Minnesota allowed seven sacks against Dallas, who is number two in pass rush win rate. Well, guess who's number one? It's New England. They lead the league in pressure rate. They lead the league in defense overall at DVOA. They're number one against the pass. They're number one in the first half. They're top five on first down, second down, third down, and fourth down defensively. This is just a really good defense. They barely gave up 100 yards to the Jets, which we'll come back to in a minute here. But New England's pressure rate is going to be a big problem. They're going to live in the backfield. And Brennan, we know when Kirk Cousins is in prime time and thrown off the game and having to ad-lib, that is not the spot that you want to count on Kirk to get the job done. As for the Patriots offense, though, they ranked dead last in DVA the last five weeks. They can't do much of anything. They needed that heroic punt, punt return to get their win. And New England also has injuries. Isaiah Wynn, their left tackle, and David Andrews at center, both are questionable this week. Andrews did practice a little bit, but it looks like maybe a game-time decision. Wynn looks less likely. There's other injuries on the line, and that line has just kind of been all over the place this year. So uh, I think Minnesota's defense can hang in and keep that one close. And then Thursday unders, we know since the start of last season, hitting 63% of the time. Prime time unders this year, about the same rate. And then the good one here, Thanksgiving night unders. Since we added that night game on Thanksgiving, they're hitting 11 out of 15 times, 11 and four, 73% hit rate. We are on seven unders in a row at this point. So I think that Thanksgiving tryptophan is kicking in early, getting these teams tired out. So we can get a little snoozer in, and I don't think we're going to see many points from Vikings Patriots. I'll go under 42 and a half. 15 points for the Patriots in the first quarter this season. If you checked out one of our shows earlier in the week, I think it was actually yesterday, Chad Millman on the Vikings spread first quarter because of the ineptitude of the Patriots offense. By the way, team totals for this game, Vikings at 22 and a half, Patriots at 19 and a half. And the Patriots to score over that number is juiced to minus 145. Um, So you got a little plus money coming in on, on the under over at BetMGM. How about a play for the weekend, leftover weekend? You've got something for us. And, oh, geez, I should have known. I should have <laughs> known what you were going to do because you, this is what people do during Thanksgiving. You some should people, have known. you got to travel. People, 
Exactly. You try, yeah. right. You, you either go spend time with your family locally or you take a trip to a tropical place. You do. You got to travel for the holiday. And look, I thought about going out to the DMV. I love Baltimore this weekend. I love Washington. But why go to the DMV when you can just go to Seattle Island? Here Brennan, we have lived at Seattle Island for the last month. You know, we tried to go international a couple of weeks ago. Didn't go so well for us. So let's just keep it domestic here. Seattle Island nationally. Seattle got that loss against the Bucks, but they got the bye week. We're rested. I think this is an important bye week for a young team. Don't forget, this team has five rookies at key positions. So getting that week to settle in finally, catch your breath a little bit after this wild season so far, I think that will be big for the team. And I think it also is buying us a little value. We know Seattle's been undervalued for a while now. They finally got a game on television and then didn't look very good and then went into the bye week. So I think we've kind of forgotten about them again. So a refresher, they're seventh in DVOA for the season right now. They're top quarter of the league in offense. They're top quarter in special teams. They're top half of the league in defense. And we know that's gotten better as the year has gone on. And they're a team that's really been improving as a young team figuring things out. So yes, they did lose to Tampa. But before that, four straight double-digit wins. So this week, Seattle Island returns home to Seattle. And we're only three and a half point favorites against the Raiders. I cannot figure this line out. The Raiders are three and seven. Here are the three wins. They beat the Texans, who have one win this season, and they beat our guy Nathaniel Hackett twice for the other two wins. That's it. That's all the Raiders have done this year. They lost to everybody else. (laughs) They're dead last in defensive DVOA. They're dead last in passing EPA defense. They don't get pressure on the quarterback. That's one thing that Geno Smith has struggled a little bit with still. They're worse on the road, and we know Seattle, 12th man, still one of the few real home advantages in the football. So I think Seattle offense eats in this game. I hope they don't get too full on Thanksgiving, have a little room for the weekend here. Pete Carroll after a loss, 64% cover rate, 3-0 and this season. Man, I was expecting this line to rise, but I'm happy it's not. Seattle minus 3.5, Seattle Island back in, let's go. Geno Smith, 11-4 and against the spread in his last 15 starts, dating back to 2016. Also, they have found a running game. Kenneth Walker is the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. He opened the year at 25-1 to odds. So, yes, they've got something going, and they're back at home. They're back in their, their right place, Brandon. So you do have that going for you. They are no longer in Germany. Okay, as we mentioned off the top of the show, some breaking news before we went live. Zach Wilson has been benched by the New York Jets. Robert Sala did go to the podium uh, in New York to, to break the news to the people. He did not rule out Zach Wilson. The intent, the intent is for Wilson to play again this year, but it's Mike White taking on the Bears, and the line, Brandon, is actually moving in the Jets' favor based on this news. You can see minus five, some five and a halfs. At BetMGM, we still see four and a half. Your reaction to the news and how you might uh, look at this matchup now with the Bears, which, who, by the way, we don't know entirely what the status is of Justin Fields. He's day-to-day. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, and I think that's the key. Until we know more about Justin Fields, the most important quarterback in this matchup, I don't think you can really be too confident betting this. Fields had that shoulder injury. It looked before that like he was nursing a sore hamstring. Didn't really look willing to run that second half. We barely got our Bears team total over, but we made it. We made it by an extra point. So I'm a little cautious with the Bears right now. Bears defense, though, has allowed 27 points four games in a row. And look, this is a spot where how many times does the starting quarterback go out and the line drops a point or three points or six points? We took the starting quarterback out and the line is going toward the team that just benched their quarterback. I think that's really all you need to know about Zach Wilson. Our guy, Mike White is back. He got a chance last year, looked great around Halloween time, then got benched and, you know, just pretend like the last year didn't happen. He's back in the (laughs) saddle. I got to be honest. I probably feel a little better about the Jets if this was Joe Flacco, which is telling maybe, but Mike White looked pretty good last year, except when he was playing the Bills, which you know, the bills are pretty good. And I think the key here is this is a floor raising thing. Zach Wilson, ceiling, floor, you never really knew what you're going to get, but this is a great, great defense. And I think the Jets are looking at this team right now saying, you know what? We can win. We can make the playoffs and we really should make the playoffs with the way our defense is playing and the pieces that we have on this team. We just can't give games away over and over again like Zach Wilson's been doing. So I think this is a floor raising move. I will look at grabbing the Jets, but I got to wait and see, is Fields going to be out? How, how does he look? I think really the move now is maybe some Jets futures. They're over under for this season. Available right now is eight and a half. The Jets are six and four right now. You only got to win three more games the rest of the year to go over there. So if you like them home against the Bears here, which you should, that line is rising, like you said. They still have the Vikings next week, who are reeling a little bit right now. They still have home games later against Jacksonville and against the Lions. They're clear favorites in both of those games. You just win at home against the Bears, Jaguars, Lions. There's your three wins. You're over already. So I like the over eight and a half there. Plus 120 to make the playoffs is 45% implied. They're 57% at Football Outsiders. So you could have some value there. And if you like the Jets, if you've been looking for, okay, give me the long shot, Brandon. How do I, how do I just dive in on something long? I'll give you two nibbles here. If you like the Jets and you're looking to fade the Bills, New York is 25 to 1 to win the division right now. That is a 3.8% implied. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. But a football outsider is there 7% to win. That's double the price. You're getting value on the number. Sometimes you just got to take a nibble on these long shots. The Jets play in Buffalo in a few weeks. They're going to have to win that one probably to win the division, but 25 to 1, you got a chance there. The other one that could be fun, Garrett Wilson. First three games of the year, Garrett Wilson, when he had not Zach Wilson, was averaging six catches, 71 yards on 11 targets a game. His numbers have basically halved in all the games since then with Zach Wilson. Now, we don't know what he'll look like with Mike White. I would have loved better backing Wilson with Flacco just because they have the chemistry. He's 40 to 1 to win rookie of the year. He's 7 to 1 to lead the league in receiving yards for rookies. 
Chris Olave is the clear leader there among receivers, but he's up about 200 yards, but hasn't had his bye week yet. And then those running backs, you never know how they're going to go or how they hold up down the stretch here. So I think that could be a nibble as well. A lot of ways to play this, but I think you want some Jets futures. This is a floor raising move. Wow. Something about that breeze on the island you're at right now. <laughs> you are all in on Mike White season. You're all in. It's Mike White season. We've been waiting. It's it's we're a couple of weeks late to it. I think if you put just about any other quarterback in for the Jets last week, they probably beat the Patriots. And that's what my that's what Robert Sala recognized. And I think it was time to make the move. So I think we're gonna. It's not the last we've heard of the Jets this year. Okay. Total still hovering around 39 and a half, 40 points. So the total hasn't moved all that much in reaction to the news. But as we said, the line is going in the Jets' direction. So, Brandon Anderson, you have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks so much and enjoy Seattle Island. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thanks. You too. All right. NBA Wednesday. This is always a good NBA slate. We talk so much about Christmas, like the Christmas slate is huge, but day before Thanksgiving, this is always a fun little slate here that folks like to uh, wrap their heads around. So here are some games we're looking at here. Underdogs. uh, Indiana has been a good dog this year. Sacramento, the Kings, they've been a good story. Mike Brown's got this squad playing really well. They're getting points against the Atlanta Hawks. Let's hear from our, uh, our pal, Matt Moore, who's got some thoughts on trends. I'm Matt Moore for the Action Network, and this is your latest NBA Trends Report. Break up the Pacers and Kings. The Pacers, considered one of the prime tank candidates in the league coming into the season, are now 10-6 and six straight up and 11-5 and five against the spread this season. What's maybe just as interesting is that the Pacers are 5-2 and two as favorites and 6-3 and three as dogs. The market is giving the Pacers respect, and they're still beating those numbers. Indiana has a top-10 offense, but it should be noted that their offensive and defensive strength of schedule has been weak so far. Don't be surprised if they hit some regression. If they don't, though, you can expect Tyrese Halliburton's plus 1,200 odds to win most improved player of the year to shorten even more. Meanwhile, the Kings are the NBA's hottest team. 10 wins now against a closing line win total of 33 and a half at the start of the season, with the over being a best bet by yours truly. Sacramento has the number two offense in the league and are the NBA's best team overall against the spread. Light the beam indeed. Here's a look at my top five power rated teams on the season. If you're surprised to see Brooklyn here, well, welcome to the club. But the underlying numbers suggest that Brooklyn, who have won and covered five of their last nine, are a little better than expected. Was Boston's loss to Chicago a start of their offensive regression we've been expecting for a while, or a blip on the team that's been an absolute inferno offensively to start the year? Meanwhile, the Jazz just keep picking up wins and are 11-3 and as an underdog this season, but at 1-4 and as a favorite, the best spots to bet them are when they're being underrated by the market. Finally, the number six team on my power rankings is Dallas, who have lost to the Wizards without Bradley Beal, the Magic without Paolo Bancaro, and on Sunday, the Nuggets without Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Aaron Gordon. Despite how good my numbers are for the Mavericks, Dallas is 3-11-1 against the spread as a favorite this season. Either the market thinks too highly of Dallas, or the Mavs are lacking in some capacity in their ability to cover the number in favorable spots. You said Bo Nix isn't worth a touchdown. You said Utah goes to plus three. No chance Bo Nix is starting. And do, do you know who... After the kickoff, do you know who takes the first snap for f***ing Oregon? It's Bo Nix. If you look at 30 games a week, seriously, if you're going to bet 30 games a week, you better be right 30 games a week. Do you understand you have a following? Brett McMurphy, Brett McMurphy, oh, leaps and bounds better than you right now.
leaps and bounds. Because Brett McMurphy doesn't live and die with, do you remember Oregon stuff, right? The number one advocate for stuff rate is on our show now. That is Colin Wilson. We have Brett McMurphy as well. These two cover college football all season for Action Network, and they are stopping by Green Dot Daily to react to the latest college football playoff rankings. No changes to the top four, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. Then you've got teams like LSU, USC hanging around. But, Colin, you're looking deeper down the board here in this top ten, and there's a team that – you kind of wrap your head around it and it makes a little sense. They could make a run and get in. Who is that? Yeah, that team is Clemson. They're at number eight. And a lot of the talk has been nobody at this point in the season that's ranked outside the top seven in the college football playoff has ever made it into the playoff. So Clemson is looking to break records and it's not a, you know, a tough path for them to get there. LSU is going to be two touchdown underdogs to Georgia in the sec championship game. I don't know, maybe they get upset against Texas A&M this weekend. It could happen, but Ohio State and Michigan is going to play. One of those teams is going to fall out of the top four potentially. And USC has a really tough path, Notre Dame and Oregon. But, you know, the selling point of this is to make the college football playoff is Clemson plus 230. And that's just not a good enough price for me to have all of these avenues open up for Clemson to get in. I would need more like five to one. I would need odds better than 22 to one to win the national title. I need more like 40 to one. So the path is there. But it's better to just, if you really think the Clemson is going to make it into the playoff, just take all those games I talked about and take the happy path and parlay those teams together and you'll get greater than the plus 230. Brett, what's your reaction to Colin's analysis about the Tigers? I just want to know why we never have any positive voicemails. They're always ripping us. What about all the times when we're right? Um, you know, Colin's right. I mean, Clemson Clemson does have a path and it's, it is it's simple, but it's not simple. But if basically you believe TCU is going to lose in the Big 12 title game or possibly to Iowa State this week, USC, tough sandwich spot this week, LSU obviously will lose to Georgia, then, yeah, Clemson can get up into that top four. Um, you know, Bama's actually ahead of them right now, but I, Bama's going to need total chaos. They're going to need TCU, USC, LSU, and Clemson to lose to climb up there. But yeah, Clemson Clemson still has a heartbeat, which is surprising seeing how far back they were the past couple of weeks. What about the possibility, which is strong, if indeed Michigan loses to Ohio State this coming weekend? What kind of wrinkle, Brett, does that throw into the mix here? Well, it you know, there's so many scenarios. What happens? Does TCU went out? Does, does uh, USC went out? I mean, there is still a way that the Big Ten could get two teams into the playoff. I think it's a better chance if Ohio State loses based on their non-conference schedule, Michigan's non-conference schedule. Um, I'd say it was soft as toilet paper, but I don't want to insult soft toilet paper. And But if enough people below them lose, you've got to put somebody in that top four. And obviously, it's got to be a competitive game. Ohio State can't beat them by three touchdowns. Uh, so there, it is a possibility. If you ask me, I think Ohio State has a much more likely scenario to stay in the top four with a loss compared to Michigan. But again, um, it's just just not one result. There's so many other things that can impact uh, if a second Big Ten team gets into the playoff. 
We talk about teams like Bama, Clemson, also uh, LSU being at five, and then USC at six. Sprite put out on Twitter, lowest ranked teams at this point in the season and the rankings to make the playoff. You got to go back to 2019 when number seven Oklahoma made a run to reach the college football playoff. One thing that's great about this weekend, of course, is it's rivalry weekend and teams get together and there might be teams that aren't in the playoff picture, but uh, they're good spots. They're fun games to tune into. Colin, you've got a team that you might not necessarily want to dabble on the money line here on this squad, but you like them to cover against a rival of theirs. And that's Cal. Yeah. Cal only has four wins. I don't think they can make a bowl. I'd have to go through Brett's APR rankings and the (laughs) tiebreakers and the 2021 APR rankings to figure out if Cal has a chance at a bowl. But I think this is it for them against UCLA, who's going to be on massive hangover here. And there is a history with Chip Kelly and Dorian Thompson Robinson of losing games in flurries. It's happened every single year, even in 2019. Cal in this very spot gave UCLA their third loss in a row. And can DTR pick himself up off the mat after saying, we want to score 60 on USC? Uh, You know, that was a game to put them in the Pac-12 championship, get them in line for the Rose Bowl. And now Cal, you know, they've been a little dreadful this year, but they've shown up in big spots. Uh, you know, in their biggest games, they they have shown up against USC just recently a couple of weeks. They lost by six mm-hmm. points. Cal shuts down explosive plays, which is all UCLA does on offense. And, you know, UCLA is near dead last in every category on defense and havoc and success rate. They let they make every other offense look great. So Cal's going to cover here and they're going to give them a, maybe there'll be some trombone on the field by the end of the game. Brett, what rivalry game catches your eye and, and who do, who do you like? Well, first, Colin, Cal is 11th on the list for APR rankings, so they do have a shot to get into a bowl game at five five and seven, and I will be giving a TED Talk on <laughs> APR rankings immediately after the show. Um, look, I'm, I'm kind of going similar off of what Colin's going off of. That huge game in La La Land last week, USC and UCLA. USC, they're now up to number six. Suddenly, there's a path. For them to get in the college football playoff all you have to do is win the pac-12 championship next week and you're in the college football playoff you're coming off a ginormous win against the bruins the only problem is now you're facing a notre dame team whose offense has suddenly come back from the dead they're averaging over 40 points per game their last five games oh by the way notre dame has the nation's longest streak covering on the road that's six straight going back to last year they also are the most profitable team against the spread on the road since 2017. Kind of what Colin hit on. I think USC is it's as weird as it sounds. I think they're in a flat spot coming off UCLA, looking ahead to the Pac-12 title game. I like I like Notre Dame. I like the Irish, maybe outright, but certainly getting the five and a half or six. And Brad, let, let me let me ask a question because I know everybody's out there asking. You have to make the top twelve to make a New Year's Six bowl game, correct? So Notre Dame is essentially being fed by Marcus Freeman. Like we have a chance for a New Year's Six game. Well, it's not it's not just a flat cut top twelve. There's a lot of different conferences that have tie-ins, so you may have to actually be in the top ten. You could be down at fourteen, but yeah, it's that's a good ballpark that you got to be around the top twelve. So yeah. Certainly a Notre Dame win. They could they could maybe uh, climb up into the Cotton Bowl. Okay, Notre Dame plus 180 over at BetMGM right now as we speak. And as Brett said, laying five and a half points, or uh, USC laying five and a half points against the Fighting Irish this weekend. Gents, we'll catch you this weekend for BBOC. In the meantime, you have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the games in the meantime. And we'll, we'll talk to you over the weekend. Thanks so much.
And be sure to follow Green Dot Daily over in the Action Network app. You'll never miss a pick. A fully loaded show. Of course, you just heard from Colin and Brett. They've got picks for the rivalry weekend ahead. Also, Brandon Anderson with his thoughts on Thanksgiving football, even monitoring the Jets and the Bears. Nothing there yet, but something to keep an eye on. And our World Cup picks from the Wonder Goal guys, BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo. So with Thanksgiving being tomorrow, our full uh, schedule of shows not done yet when Green Dot Daily is over. Look forward to later today at 5 Eastern. We have Thanksgiving edition of Convince Me. The guys will be giving you picks for Thanksgiving Thursday and also Jill Gallant's touchdown show, uh, the Power Hour, as we like to call it, coming up at 5 Eastern on this Wednesday. So uh, we look forward to that. Again, check us out, Green Dot Daily over in the Action app, and you can find all of our picks from today's show. Green Dot Daily is presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Terms and conditions apply. No show tomorrow with the holiday, so we'll be back with you all on Friday at noon Eastern, streaming in the Action app. And you can also find us on Action Network YouTube, as well as our Twitter streaming live. Thanks to everyone behind the scenes, all of our guests today and this week. A lot of moving parts with the holidays, folks traveling. So be sure to check us out. We've got the show here, Green Dot Daily. Also, strongly encourage you all to check out the Action Network podcast. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Tons and tons of content with soccer, college basketball, the NBA, our buckets crew, NFL, we've got that uh, Best Bets episode out. Stucky and Raybon have their six-pack. So a lot coming your way, even with the holiday tomorrow. I'm Brendan Glasheen. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Green Dot Daily. You all have a great Thanksgiving. Best of luck. Get some green dots. And hopefully you did well, and we'll see you again on Friday. Take care. Happy Thanksgiving, gamblers. We're thankful for you.